0: Buzzer, With Sean Stone.
1: Why is it after sundown? This place is like a ghost town.
2: That is beautiful. Welcome, busketeers, to... Buzzsaw 2020, which you are listening to with Sean Stone, and I'm joined by Jennifer Shakeshaft.
0: Hello, everybody.
2: We've got uh, Miss Gabby over here on the sound mix.
1: Hello, everybody out there in the universe.
2: And Miss Casey on the camera.
0: Casey,
1: camera. She She can't can't She can't
0: talk. (laughs) (laughs) We muted her.
2: (laughs) Only picture, no sound. (laughs) So... um, that's the theory, That's a piece from the theory of everything, which is a very beautiful soundtrack. Jenny, Jenny just told me that um, the composer passed away, which I did not know.
0: Yeah, Johann Johansson. He's he's incredible. He's done so many different movies, but his ability to just transcend through music is he's one of my favorite composers.
2: And he lives on with his music. That's that is the beauty of life. I really believe we live on. We are the living beings because of what we create on this planet, not what we take. And with that mentality and that message. We're going to start an episode of Buzzsaw right now with Rowan Gabriel, who is um, known for her work on sacred commerce. So I kind of want to leave it to her to express what sacred commerce means. Rowan, why don't you tell us a little bit about what it is? And, well, we can get into that, how you discovered it.
1: So, um, yeah, sacred commerce is all really about We call it the return to self. So the fourth bottom line is the return to you. How did it help you grow spiritually? How did it help you become more as a person? And um, obviously the return to people, planet and profit are are extremely important. But where did did you grow? And we talk a lot in the book about really also just the partnership with the pulse, which we call the divine, whatever you want to call it. But beauty, goodness and truth, how does it help reveal more of your beauty, goodness and truth and the beauty, goodness and truth of those around you? So people are always asking, like, how do you do it? Well, it's really all about your inner work. It's the commerce of you internally and all the aspects of you with then, you know, relates to the commerce that then transpires out of that with the outer world. And so we take all the outer world things as really feedback that Feeds back into that in a in a journey. Mm-hmm.
2: So, how did you discover like this concept of sacred commerce? Just even as a concept, before we get into even more detail on it.
1: Yeah. Um. Well, my my husband and I met twenty six years ago, and uh, really through business, we were both I would say conscious commerce people. We were both doing you know business that was doing good. Um, we were both in the superfood business. And when we met, we both of us had really never met anybody that was so kind of um, believed in magic so much and believed in entrepreneurship and business as a way to create change in our, in our world. And so eventually, after becoming business partners, we, we also then married. And on our honeymoon, we went to Egypt on a tour of all the sacred sites. And that's where we met the God Bess. Um, in one of the temples who's the god of the merchant priesthood and we started hearing about the merchant priesthood of old Egypt and at that time commerce and the merchant priests as they were called were revered as extremely high that it was the highest priesthood you could attain so you would have to learn how to be a healing priest and a temple priest and a scribe priest before you could get your kind of PhD equivalent which was to become a merchant priest. And the reason that they were, that you had to be so highly trained is because they considered the merchant priest to be in charge of the peace and prosperity of the nation. So it wasn't you know, profit for, for personal gain. You were literally responsible for the peace and prosperity of the nation because you were the one that was going out and interacting with your neighbors. So it was a revered and held as a very sacred act to be a merchant priest in those days.
2: I mean, basically think about that instead of you know, just getting your MBA because you can study how to uh, make a profit. You actually thought, well, what is the consequence of making a profit? You know, we are living in this world where people have so devalued what means anything. It's like, well, money matters. The trees that, you know, you cut down to give you paper and give you oxygen that you breathe. They don't really matter. The water, yeah. you know, the oceans that give us life, literally, you know, water and, um, Oxygen and so much more. Like no, they don't matter. It's like what what actually matters in our this superficial, artificial reality of commerce that we're creating. Oh, don't blame the you know. Don't blame me. I'm just the middleman. I'm just the merchant. If I'm you know, it's just this this psyche that is really out of sync with the harmonious way that we're supposed to be existing on this planet, in tune with nature. We are nature. We are extensions of it. We're not separate from it. We're not some like alien. Creatures. We might have alien ancestry. That's a little different story, but doesn't mean that we're not still born of the earth through, you know, through a process that gives us life. And, and uh, you know, you even think about like the nature of economics and how we're living in this nature of constant debt, like you're born in debt, you're born in sin. Well, that's a very dark mentality. If you think about it, the sun doesn't say, hey, I gave you light yesterday. You owe it back to me today. See, I don't make light. That's like the Federal Reserve. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I don't print money. How can I pay you back with, you know, money that with interest? It's like, well, I gave it to you yesterday. You owe it back to me today. So yeah. that's the systems they've created, right? right?
1: And that's primarily, if you think about it, really because of the sacred and the fe- feminine being stripped from commerce, which makes it into this kind of base transaction of of goods goods, you know, with no with no thought to everything that goes around that. And that's why we call it sacred commerce, you know, really bringing the feminine and the sacred back into that interaction mm-hmm. um, changes the whole way you think about it because if it's a sacred interaction, then you have to think about all the repercussions down the line.
2: Can you give us a, okay, so give us an example of how a sacred commerce model should look, like how should a society function essentially, or at least just even if it's just one economy to you know to give us a sample of of what it looks like
1: well, I mean I don't know if uh, we think about it in those ways because as as I said we really think about sacred commerce as as your relationship to yourself and so your it, your interactions in the world if if there are sacred interactions i mean the sacred is made up of mystery beauty love and enchantment so when you're when you're doing something then you're really looking at the impact of that not only today, but down the line. So you're looking at the impact on people, planet, and profit. But you're also looking at how you yourself become more. So that commerce of relationships, like, you know, my personal growth is not just from, you know, my husband, who obviously, you know, your closest people are your biggest mirrors. But I now have, like, hundreds of mirrors because I have all the people that I work with. So when you're taking all of those as your feedback from the world into, you know, who you are as a person, then you're constantly evolving very fast. So it's it's kind of a spiritual practice in a way. I mean, we take it as part of our spiritual practice. Mm-hmm. Um, but the result of doing that is businesses, you know, so part of the result is what I would call conscious commerce. So you get businesses that think about their impact much more and you get. I mean, for us, we ha- we are showcasing it by all of our companies we work in disrupting media education and commerce and we've been working in those three areas for the last 25 years um and our main purpose is really to upgrade our education system with emotional literacy uh to bring back the feminine and the sacred into the business area that's through our consulting and our incubation of businesses and uh media having you know we, we did a lot of we did a lot of tv series for children with high eq characters and um, so just emotionally intelligent content <laughs> mm. but for everyone it's different because it's such a personal relationship with with yourself
2: absolutely i think this is the beauty of the world that we've been given it's like we're living in a world where i know from educational perspective they tell us oh there's too many people we have to hate the people and it's like well the actual like the planet itself could sustain us if we were smarter about how we interact with it. It's not that it's literally like, it's how it's the mentality by which we live, which is to say like, let's just be like the consumers are over here in America. We're, you know, we're going to basically, we're going to have the most powerful currency. So we're not going to work and like produce things anymore. We're just service based and credit based. We have massive credit card debts and all that. So yeah. we'll sit here, you know, basically with the banking system protecting us. And then, you know, you go around the world and people are you know, literally working in slave conditions that, allow us to live the life that we're living and it's like how out of sync how out of tune are we with the fact that everyone here has something to offer everyone here is here by the gift i believe of a of a you know a creator but you can at least say like the gift of the earth and doesn't ask for you know your mother doesn't say like oh my, my womb gave birth to you, now you owe me <laughs> for those nine months. You know, you owe me rent. <laughs> Hopefully <Yeah>. she doesn't. <laughs> like,
0: mom? <laughs> <Not really. laughs>
2: or, you know, like, you lived with me, now you owe me rent the rest of your life. Could you imagine if, like, you know, your parents yeah. were, like, this, menta- like this mercenary right. mentality of world that we live in? It's like, now you owe us for being here, as opposed to saying, no, you're a blessing. You're a gift. You actually, you know, Jenny's abilities are different from my abilities, different from Gabby's, different from Casey's. Everyone has these skills. You know, yours, everyone has a power, and if we had more of a round table system yeah. as opposed to a hierarchical system, we'd be nurturing those as opposed to saying, yeah. well, whoever gets to the top is a successful one. If you get to the top of the pyramid, no matter if you're a sociopath, a criminal, I mean, look, in history, it's like you could be a slaveholder, a murderer, you know, a rapist, like how many things. But hey, he made a lot of money. So we're going to, you know, we're going to say he was a successful guy. And then yeah, you look back and you're like, that w- I would never want to be that person, you know, <laughs> you never want to be Genghis Khan.
1: <laughs> I know, I feel like we've given ungodly powers to this thing called money. I mean, the fact that you can, you know, the things that you can do because you have money, the, the things that you can pay for mm-hmm. with money, it's like incredible, you know, that people can can do that. Just it's we've given it ungodly powers. <laughs> mm. Oh, it, it oh, yeah. is
2: godly I mean it it's literally like and I would say satanic. Let's say it's satanic mm-hmm. powers, mm-hmm. right? I mean how yeah. many people have yeah. literally broken the law and they're like, oh my buddy's, you know, the justice over here and the courts and I can bribe these lawyers because the lawyers really oftentimes are just mercenary, right? Um, And it's like across the board. I mean, the medical industry, we just, we see it. It's like so evident.
0: If you look at, I mean, we're we're in a trade-based society. So essentially anything we do is trade. So you and I can trade something and we've created this idea of money to make us feel better about the trade that we're doing. Right. So it's, it's here. I'll give you this piece of paper that literally is just a slave system in sense. If you wanted to break it, then you could break it by doing trade.
2: We know the one thing you can't put a price on that we all trade every second.
0: Energy. Breath. Breath. Energy.
2: <laughs> We're trading our air for free. <laughs> yeah, <it
0: is. laughs> Someone's going to have to monetize it. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting. Somebody told me a theory once about like, a, uh, let's say I had a paperclip, right? And I went to some like of all of us in the room and I said, I have this paperclip, but I really need a pen. Does anyone here have a pen? and I got a pen from somebody and then from that pen I said I really need you know a piece of paper Does someone else have a piece of paper and slowly but surely you can actually build your wealth just simply based off of trading and mm-hmm. interacting with people and doing that on a level that has no ego base but it's just a base of oh let me do this for you and that's you know we've gotten really far away from that
2: yeah that's certainly I think where we're moving in a way I mean certainly sacred, sacred Commerce is an aspect of where I see things like the blockchain and mm-hmm. the, um, the local like you know, basically like sort of communities that are existing on trade base or barter basis. You know, you see it like burning man every year, but there are literally people that are doing this more and more, it feels. And then are realizing we don't have to go to the corporation, the corporate store to shop, right. Right. We can just, you know, we literally can, can grow it. Let me, how do you say um, shop or shop local, um, be more conscious of the, of the chain of production uh, that goes into it. So, you know how how have you experienced that Rowan over your you know your time in business? Have you seen this growth of you know basically trade based or at least being more mindful of like you know who we're interacting with
1: and shopping with in my personal life, definitely. and I think you know I am someone that was raised and lives quite far outside of the mainstream, which is why I've you know been involved in developing you know more kind of maybe new thought type things. but um, I think. As we develop our emotional mastery and we access, you know, what I call our inner assets, our inner wealth, our self values, and then and grow them, people feel us and people I mean the generosity that I've I've just been on the road for five months with my son and my husband and the abundance that has followed us everywhere just in terms of people and homes and access to resources and you know we're on the road with two suitcases but that that abundance of humanity I feel like is coming in more and more um, especially as people start thinking about all these you know moving away from the pure money systems people are just you know acting out of generosity and out of their inner assets more than the external
2: exactly Mm -hmm. the um the thing i was just thinking about was how we could literally create our own economies right i mean we literally could create our own societies where we say you know you actually have to have like a certain quality of character to transact with us and literally imagine how like the world would start shifting if people start saying, you know what, we're not going to transact with, you know, people that are just pigs, evil, yeah. malicious, you know, have like, yeah. you know, it's like, go do your, go do your inner work and then come back yeah. and transact. with us. Back. But until then, unless you have dignity, you just can't transact. And you could, we could literally create heavens, you know, heaven on earth, I would say like, cause it's like a gated community where the St. Peter's at the gate basically saying, you know, you don't check out, you don't have the credibility. This is kind of what, Initially, like you know, banking and other practices were supposed to be about. It was supposed to be like character and quality of like, hey, we're we going to give you credit because you know you have you have character and you're you know you're you've known to be a, a have some be someone with integrity to like honor you know their debts and, and honor people and have like a good intention towards what you want to create. Right. But then banking got turned into this thing about no, let's just let's just create a, a debt slave farm. Basically, everyone's mm-hmm. going to be in debt; they can never pay off the rest of their life. Great, pass it on to your kids or you know cut a deal at some point. So the whole thing shifted, but we literally should be living these heavens on earth. We should be able to create this based on, you know, we see it in the film business. Like we have like talented people all around that want to create and that, and then it's like the, you know, the the parasites come along and they're Mm -hmm. like, Nope, you can't talk to this person. We're going to put up a wall around them and we're going to basically suck their soul away with drugs and alcohol and other things until they're basically mind controlled by the system. And, you lose the idea of no. It's just about people who are like like minded coming together, starting to cooperate, starting to transact, wanting to put money into each other's pockets because they like them. And if yeah. like if we just shift the the psyche, imagine like you. There are plenty of billionaires, and there are plenty of people that are, have no money that would all be transacting because based on character, based on yeah. just integrity and just the fact of their inner light, if you want to call it that, and the ability to say, "Look, we just we want to work with people we want to work with, not just because you have." you know, money that doesn't make you attractive as a human being energetically to us.
1: And I think that really happens. The more people, you know, re- recognize their own inner values, the more the outside world reflects that to them and in, in what, you know, and what comes to them. Uh, and, you know, that's really, I mean, in the book, there's kind of a, a path, which is the path of the emotional alchemist. So to be able to, you know, use your inner energy, your emotions as the fuel to fuel your life. And, and we do a training on that as well. Um, but I think the more that you, you know, sort out the gunk inside of you, and, and of course, you know, we have to remember that the world is always reflecting us. The more we change and the more we turn up our light, the more it reflects outside of us because people are drawn to that and it changes them, you know.
2: Precisely, precisely. And so just, you know, to get into this this feel.org org as i understand mm. it right the idea of like um, promoting emotional intelligence promoting the 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 necessity of feeling in our world it's so interesting because on one level we're you know we're very sensitive beings and the other level it's like it's it's like we have a society that basically says well feeling doesn't matter so i was watching this conversation between Daphne Takover who was questioning the FCC chairman and she's saying look i you know based on thousands of papers of research we see that there is definite harm that's created in, especially in children, but in people by wire, by uh, a Wi-Fi, wireless frequencies and the radiation from it. And, um, and she basically saying like, I'm someone that's electrosensitive. So essentially it's not majority, like it's only 10, 20% of the people that are very electrosensitive. But as we're amplifying the Wi-Fi frequency in LA, for example, blasting people with this 5g, that's extremely powerful, um, wireless, you know, radiation. And like, why are not? She's asking like, FCC, why are you not doing the research or into like the the harm that you're causing, and don't aren't you considering this? And the yeah. FCC chairman is kind of like, I I don't know, <laughs> you know, I just don't know. And then this like one guy's like, I'm the I'm the only physician on this council, so um, you know, you talk about proof. Well, you know, in 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 science, uh, proof is a very rare thing to have. Like, you can't really prove anything. I'm like, look, it's true scientifically. They're very. Few things that are true. There are very few things that are we know to be proven, right? In all of scientific history, it's mostly theories. Well, it's even down
0: to the atom. Like now they're, they're finding even more and more and more it's, about it. We're,
2: it's infinite, right? Like infinite new, you know, there's always, and there's always like, eight, like, it's proven to 80% or 90% or even 99%, but there's still a 1% of, that doesn't add up. So we live in a world, though, that wants to hijack everything with proof and facts and logic. right? And actually, that's not necessarily how humans are designed. We're actually not necessarily designed because we, we see a world that actually is, like you said, it's atomic, it's subatomic, it's mm-hmm. morphic, it's changing. So why are we so beholden to someone else's facts that may have, frankly, look, nine out of ten times I might be right. That one out of ten time is just as real as the other nine.
0: Well, it's, yeah. So sorry be, we have yeah. to
2: be more in tune with our feelings and our emotions and our sense of, look, this doesn't feel right to me, even though, rationally speaking, you're crazy. We have to at least value people's feelings and have space for that.
0: I think there's room for everything and everyone. And the unfortunate thing about the society that we have and the pressures that we've put together is this idea that we have to take somebody down or we have to win and we have to, there's no room, you know, especially in the film industry. There's like,
2: That's just film. it's, it's every, industry.
0: every industry. People are like, no, I, I have to be on top. I have to take you down. And if you just relax in the idea of there's room for everyone, there's space for all of us. And you'll vibrate on a completely different frequency, you know?
2: Mm-hmm. So in terms of the field, like, it sounds like you guys are doing some amazing uh, work, especially, you know, with kids to try to educate them emotionally. Like emotional intelligence is something I never heard until my first girlfriend. <laughs> when I was like 20. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, emotional intelligence? What is that?
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, well, you I were 20. You don't, you don't learn
1: a man. it. No, I'm <laughs> Unfortunately, you're normal. I mean, you know, sadly, <laughs> most of us have learned what emotional intelligence we have as grown-ups, and often through having to go to therapy and whatever because of all the traumas that we hadn't dealt with. But really, in an ideal situation, you know, emotional literacy, you would start with emotional literacy, which is what field.org is all about, is all about teaching emotional literacy, which is just the ability to kind of recognize and name and express your feelings, to realize that you're angry, to be able to stop and pause rather than to just have it happen to you and to be carried by it and to have to then, you know, blow something up. Mm-hmm. Um, But if you if you actually look at all the societal ills that we are the most worst, whether it's, you know, drug abuse or greed or theft or marital issues, at the base of them is an emotion that went unchecked for so long, it ended up blowing blowing up. The school shootings, what is that? It's an anger that went unchecked, went unchecked, went unchecked, turned to a rage, you know, became so massive that they had to explode it out of themselves in, you know, in this rage. Mm -hmm. But if they had had the language and the capacity to be able to talk about their angers and to realize You know, all of our emotions are just messages. They're really, in a way, how we communicate with our inner self, with our soul, with our higher self, whatever you want to call it. But they are our our energy. So anger is a message that something is not happening the way you want it in your reality. Mm -hmm. It's a message. It's a call to action. And you need to up-level it. It, When you transform anger to its higher octave, it becomes the courage to do something about it, which then gives you the passion, the energy to Actually, act on that. So, anger is an amazing tool. Those people that don't know anger don't know passion, and we all want to have passion, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, So, you know, this kind of labeling of negative and positive emotions, I don't believe in at all. All emotions have a negative and a positive impact depending on how they're expressed. And so, what emotional literacy is all about is just really learning. That simple expression, and and when you're, if you learn it when you're a kid, you know we teach it for four to eleven year olds. Um, it can be as easy as drawing an angry face, and you've got the energy out of you, mm. you know. Whereas mm. when we're older, like we might need to punch a pillow or go into meditation and you know pretend to punch someone just for the for the release of it, you right. know. Well, yeah, but, in you, arts, yeah. Though, I mean,
2: this is why to me it's like the arts are. We need to have a renaissance. There is nothing else that's going to save humanity except art. It's our own creativity. Mm-hmm. This is why we're here. It
0: was what we were born to do. You know, right.
2: art, is the, art is the root of heart for a reason, right? Yeah, because so. it all comes
1: from emotion. Art all, all comes, it's all expression of, of your feelings. The base of it, so yeah. It's,
2: you know, it's interesting that we like, because it all comes together to me in this nature of commerce and feeling, it's, it's the arts. And mm-hmm. so we're in a world though, think about it, like we're in a world that literally is like, oh, you want to be an artist? Good luck. Ha, yeah. good luck. Oh, because some people have the wrong... They have a conception that, like, in order to be a successful artist, you have to be famous, or you have to be rich. Yeah. So basically, you go into an industry. So you basically, you, you sell yourself. You sell your, yourself your arts. You know, all that gets sold by the wayside. Let's say you kind of drop it because it becomes about the industry. What does the industry want? How can I how can I sell myself to be famous? Yeah. And you let go of the art. We need to promote arts in this society like crazy everywhere. It has to be in the schools. It has to be out of schools. It has to be in a way like you, first of all. Whoever put, you know, if you look at the even the economy around art, and you go in to make something, how many people are employed? How many, you know, how many people are involved and engaged in that creative endeavor? You know, instead we have a society that says, "Well, we'll spend a trillion dollars on the war machine and surveillance machine for war." So at the end of it, you can bl- blow up a missile, but no one. <laughs> it's like at the Wait. end of a, at the end of a movie, if you know, if you put employ thousands of people in the process of making a movie or a TV show and you're feeding them and having hotels and and transport and everything to you know to come together and the community is is actually prospering from um from that endeavor let's say and you actually have something to share at the end of it we're seeing more and more of this in our society with you know with more and more uh, streaming networks and videos and like people are really so but if we promote that as as an overall society I think we'll have much more health because there won't be a missile at the end of that. They'll literally be, hey, I put my anger out into that project, into that film, into that TV show, that piece
0: of music.
1: I think that's why this upcoming generation, Generation X, is so well aware of their surroundings and they're Mm -hmm. so aware of their mental state because everyone is growing up with a phone. Everyone is growing up with a
2: creative outlook. You can make a movie with, a three-year-old could make a movie if she (laughs) wanted to.
1: So everyone is gifted the chance to have um, the technology that really wasn't available wildly exactly. until
2: the 2000s. Exactly, it's getting more and more practical. So that's to me like the next level evolution of sacred commerce. Uh, I really p- think people should check out your book. Um, this, it's called Sacred Commerce, correct?
1: Yep, Sacred Commerce: A Blueprint for a New Humanity.
2: And it's and it's available on Amazon and also sacredcommerce.com, if I'm correct. The,
1: Absolutely.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, I I would certainly suggest people go there for more information because we're out of time here at the studio. But it's always a pleasure uh, to to talk to you, Rowan. I would love to to speak to you further as we, you know, we can unpack more of these concepts around, you know, basically how we're going to evolve, I think, a new economic systems in this century. And it's really going to begin with this notion about the sacred.
1: Thank you so much. I agree with you very much. And we would love people to go to field.org and sign the Declaration for Emotional Literacy.
2: Done. Feel.org. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you, Rowan.
1: Thank you. It was a real pleasure.
2: We need the beauty, honor, the sacred, divine masculine, divine feminine, divine child. That's the themes for today's Buzzsaw 2020 or Buzzsaw 2020. Take your pick. We are heading to the future.
0: Then on production